0: You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. I get the privilege of uh, delivering God's Word this morning, uh, hopefully, and do it justice. Uh, Stephen Terry, our lead pastor, he is uh, there in uh, Canada, Toronto right now, at an equip. And equip is a fancy word for training, and it comes from equipping the saints for the work of service. So they're up there, they're on a team of, of leaders who input into uh, other groups of leaders for go- sending out and going out into the, the field and doing what God's called us to do. So it's a privilege to be up here. You can keep them in your prayers, because they'll be, they'll be traveling back uh, this week, and they're with Mike and Teresa Keith. So keep them in your prayers for safe travels and health, because uh, it's draining it's draining when you're uh, traveling that much. Um, so, a couple of things this morning. Uh, I want to hit aside from what I have prepared, but small groups. Today is our launch for small groups. If you have never been in a small group, uh, if anyone who's been in a small group, can you raise your hand excitedly? Yahoo! All these people who are excited about small groups, come talk to one of them. Uh, And that brochure that my lovely wife held up in the video, you can grab one of those in the back and find out the list of small groups that we'll be having Friday nights, Sunday nights, during the week. Um, So please check those out. It's a great place to build relationships and be accountable. I know that word accountable is scary, but it's a great place to be accountable and just be able to grow in our faith and in our walk with Jesus with other believers spurring us along. So I want to plug those small groups this morning. And, um, my wife unfortunately has the privilege of being married to me. So when I say, babe, I have a scheduling conflict. I don't have anyone to do announcements. You need to come over to the church. She goes, oh, let me get ready. Oh, hey, she great. She great so she did a great job. Just wanted to give you a compliment. Um, so we're in our uh, third week on our series in Romans. And this is, this has been a great class, not just or a great series, not just for, uh, uh, us as who's listening, but as I prepared this, this last week, it was really impactful, um, going through what I have to share this morning. And, uh, Steve has shared on so far, Paul, the verse one, the whole week was on verse one, Paul, a slave and the changed life and the result of how Paul's life was changed. I'm going to touch a little bit on that this morning. And then, uh, in, in Romans one, he goes into, uh, Basically encouraging the church and how we are to encourage each other. So I'm going to hit this morning on um, uh, being unashamed of the gospel. Being unashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And now the gospel is one of what I call the churchy words. So to explain the gospel simply, the gospel is that Jesus came, he lived a sinless, perfect life, died on the cross, was dead for three days, and rose again, all for the purpose of conquering sin and death so that we can have eternal life. So in order to understand what it means to be unashamed of the gospel, we need to know what the gospel is. And the gospel is the good news, I would say great news for us. The gospel is the great news that we can receive salvation through Jesus. So that's to enter into my sermon this morning. So if you would turn with me to Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. And it reads, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished From start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This is the good news, and it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. So, uh, I was able to go uh, this summer to Colorado for the uh, Colorado equip. I took a few uh, of the single guys with me, because we just had our new baby, so Kylie had to stay home uh just complicated traveling with two kids. So we said uh Kylie's going to stay home and I took three guys with me, three single guys. It was a great trip, uh very encouraging and I, th- I would say the number one thing I took away from it was um Tyron who's kind of leads NC New Covenant Ministries International which is a affiliate we're, we're we're tied with and that's a group of of church leaders who go into each other's churches, we invite them in and they come and they speak and encourage and uh, just love on us and give us input. Um, we could take it or not because we're not run by NCMI, but um, it's it's a great group of what I would say is accountability um, amongst churches. And so Tyron, who leads NCMI, he, he opened up with the, this quote that says, as Christians, we should be known more for who we are for than what we are against. And obviously that statement can be taken out of context because we are going to be known for what we stand against and we are called to live a standard as a Christian. So there's going to be times in our lives, there's going to be circumstances in our lives where we have to stand up for what we believe in and what we don't believe in. But as a Christian, we should be known more for who we're for than what we are against. And I think that this goes right along with being unashamed of the gospel, telling people how much Jesus loves and cares for them more than telling them that they're in sin and they're living a wrong life. They know that they're in sin and they're living a wrong life because the conviction of the Holy Spirit already. We don't have to be the Bible against their head telling them that they're living wrong, because they know it deep down. But what they don't know yet is the truth that's concealed in the love of Jesus. So we as Christians should we know more for who we're for than what we are against. Amen? Amen. So I want to bring some encouragement this morning, not just making us feel bad. So uh, in Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. But what it good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. We're to be salty. We're to be that Christ that they crave and desire. I don't know about you, but when I go to in and out I have to add salt to my fries because I like salt. And we are supposed to be that salt that people crave. Not the bitterness, not when they, when they ingest what we have to spit us out because we taste bitter. So, why is Paul bringing this, writing this to the church in Rome? He's saying, for I am not ashamed about the good news of Christ. Typically, you don't start off uh, saying, for I am not, unless there was something else before that. I don't say, for I am not feeling good today. So, for I am not ashamed. So, before he's writing this, he's writing to the church in Rome saying, I wish that I could be with you seeing the good works that you're doing and the fruit that's coming from what you're doing for I am not ashamed. So I started thinking about this and I started doing some research going, why would he be saying for I am not ashamed? If I were to long to go to Rome to work with the believers in the Roman church, in the church in Rome, not the Roman church, in the church in Rome, why would I be saying, for I'm not ashamed? That leads me to think that there's something that they're ashamed, that they're being afraid or being put into a state of being ashamed of the gospel. So Paul's writing this and encouraging them, I'm not ashamed. And so I'm going to tell you that the life of Christians was not easy. The life of Christians was not easy. I look at our I look at our system today, our government, politicians, just lies and lies and lies, and we crave the truth. We crave the truth amongst us. I wish there was somebody that I could really stand behind and say that they are following after God, but it's not easy to be a Christian today in our culture under the government that we're in because we're being put at a level where people automatically assume that we're either simple, that we are uh, hypocrites, that what we say is hate speech towards other cultures. And there's, there's persecution in the church all over the world. We are pretty much sheltered from what truly happens in the, amongst Christians and believers. But I'm going to tell you the life in our lives as Christians are not easy, but I'm going to tell you that life then was not easy. So Nero was emperor in Rome at the time, that Paul was executed, and Nero, uh, by his people, was considered a tyrant. He was considered corrupt. He was considered um, impulsive. And I started doing some research into Nero, and it is uh, it is thought that he took Christians captive, and what he would do is them, he would he would dip them in oil and light them on fire to light his gardens at night. I don't know about you, but I've never been put in a position where I'm going to be lit on fire to light someone's garden at night over the gospel. But the Christians in Rome had this fear because their government was against them. Caesar in Rome was against Christians. He was persecuting them and killing them. Life was not easy to be a believer. And so when Paul's writing, he's saying, I am not ashamed. I wish that I could be there. I wish that I could risk my life to preach the good news, the great news, right? Paul was also a Jew, and culturally, they were looked at like a second class of people. They were looked at as a second class group of citizens. And I, I'm i not going to say that it's the same as it, as being a Christian today, but I feel like as Christians, we're living, and people view us as almost a second class citizen. Um, just because the things that we believe in are contrary to what the culture believes in. When we, when we voice our opinions, we're told that we, we can't say that because that's, that's uh, not politically correct. We're looked at as a second class. Our beliefs are not, are not everyone's beliefs anymore. <clears throat> so Paul himself, he was a Jew, he was a Christian, and he was persecuted. Um. He was rejected, and not just by people. It wasn't just people that he was rejected by. It was sometimes whole groups of people. In uh, Philippi, he was arrested and thrown in jail. In Acts 17, he was run out by a group of religious people where they, they summoned a mob of people against Paul to run him out of town. Um, and then when he's, he's preaching in Athens, he's he's saying this unknown God that you have, that is the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the philosophers in in Rome laughed him out. They laughed him out. He he faced persecution. And the reason I'm saying this is because as believers, we're going to face some of these things. And these are reasons why we could live ashamed of the gospel. We could choose, you know what? My values are my values. I'm not going to try and tell other people what I believe because that's for me. And if I do, maybe someone's going to look down on me, maybe someone's going to uh, physically assault me. I don't know what we could face. But there's so many fears that we can carry, that we could take up being being mocked and ridiculed, maybe not getting a promotion because our boss knows our faith and they don't believe the same thing. Maybe losing a job Because we have to tell our boss, I'm not going to do that because I have this standard that I live by. Maybe feeling lonely and separated because our family and friends don't believe what we do, and we have to pull ourselves back because the lives they live, we can't be around. There are reasons why we could easily be ashamed of the gospel, but I'm going to tell you there's more reasons why we should be unashamed of the gospel so, why should we live unashamed of the gospel? <clears throat> Paul knows he has a purpose greater than himself. He has this experience uh, of being the one persecuting Christians to his eyes being opened to who God was. And so, you, no one can tell Paul that that didn't happen. So he has a first-hand account of what God did for him. No one can tell me that I don't have a wife and two children. No one can tell me that. That's truth. I have experienced this. And no one can tell me that God hasn't changed my life because I have experienced it just like Paul did. Paul radically encountered Christ and his life was changed. His life was changed and no one can tell him otherwise. So God wants to continually bring us closer to Him and change our lives, and this is one of the reasons why we should be unashamed of the gospel. In Matthew 5:15 uh, through16, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. We have instructions to not be ashamed of the gospel. When we know who Jesus is and he's lit a light in our lives, we're instructed to put it on a stand so that people can see and not to bring glory to ourselves, not to make ourselves feel above others, not to, uh, so that we can, you know, feel right. Like, oh yeah, I'm doing a good job but so that other people can see the light of Christ in us. And by, he gives us instructions, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's the reason. So, and he gives instructions, let your good deeds shine, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And I'm going to tell you, our good deeds alone aren't, what shows them the gospel, being willing to then tell them the gospel is right there with it. And Paul is willing to go anywhere and do anything to share this gospel. He was willing to give up his life and eventually does give up his life to preach the gospel. And Paul was able to speak to people that we would never have, well, if we lived then, would never have had the opportunity to speak to because He was a Roman citizen and he appealed to Caesar. So he got to speak in front of Rome, essentially, and preach the gospel. Like if the president called us in to preach the gospel in the White House today. Not many, if at all, any of us would ever have that opportunity. And so Paul had this great opportunity to share the gospel. And he understands just how important it is to live a life unashamed of the gospel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Somebody? Come on. (laughs) And he understands that the world needs it. Paul, he's not just willing, but Paul is passionate. Like there's a difference between, oh, who wants to take out the trash? Uh, I'll do it. That's my job. I guess I'll do it. But no, Paul was passionate about his job. He wasn't just willing to do it like uh, a chore, but he was passionate to do it because we need it. He understands man's desperation without God for God. And the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight in verse 17. If the good news tells us how God makes us right, it means we were wrong in God's sight or unclean or unrighteous in God's sight before the good news. And the good news tells us how he makes us clean. We need God. We need him because we are sinners. And um in in uh, Psalms 51 verse 5 David writes for I was born a sinner yes from the moment my mother conceived me we are born into this thing these chains that want to pull us down that want to hold us back that want to see us in death and not in the life that Christ has and before we come to this realization that we need God we think that we can just do it on our own by our good deeds and our actions But that's not not the case because Romans 23 says for everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter if you live almost a perfect life and mess up one time and we're born into sin so it doesn't really matter if we try to live a perfect life because we're born into it and without faith in Jesus we can't do it. And God makes us right in his sight only by our faith. And It's not by anything that we do or don't or abstain from doing, but it's Christ alone, Christ alone who makes us righteous. And verse 17, towards the end of that verse, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's only by Christ. It is only by Christ. We are sinners and only through him and our faith in him that we can be made right in God's sight. And so Paul understands this. He has this understanding that if I don't tell them, they may never know. If I don't share the love of God with him, they may never open their hearts to who he is. And so he knows that we have a job. He knows as a a Christian, as a Christ follower, that we have a job as Christians. And so there's some things, some practical things on how to live a life unashamed of the gospel. And the first point I have is to live a life that brings glory to God. If we're not living a life that brings glory to God, it is going to be that bitter salt to people. It's not going to be what they crave and what they desire. It's not like when we live a life for Christ and by his example, it's like a well in the middle of a desert. We have this thing that they know that they need and they can see it. And so when they're wandering through the desert, they see this well in the distance, and they're drawn to us. They're drawn to us because they know we have life. And if we are living a life that brings glory to God, they see that. We lead by example. We lead by example. <clears throat> so I kind of uh, wanted to use an example for this. And, and so I'm going to just say using hobbies. When I, and I'll tell you, when I get into something, it's like all of a sudden I'm an army recruiter. Like, if I'm really into something, it's like, hey, have you seen this yet? Check this out. Like, this is going to be awesome. We got to go to this thing, right? And I'm trying to recruit everyone I know. Right now, it's Financial Peace University. Plug for that, this winter, if you haven't been to it, <laughs> it is a wonderful class. Yeah! Uh, our own Robert Taylor is going to be facilitating and leading that class. You know, Kylie brought it up the other, the other week. She's like, she looked at me, she, we're doing our budget. She goes, babe you know, we haven't fought about finances since we took that class. And I look at her, I'm like, yeah. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, we don't have any more money than we did before we took that class. So it's just teaching you how to use the money that God's given you and be, be disciplined and use it wisely. So it's a great, great, great class. I should be on Dave Ramsey's team, I think, promoting his class So, but I'm telling you, if you've, if you've encountered me, you've brought up, you know, some sort of finances or something. I'm like, Hey, have you taken financial peace? I am a recruiter for financial peace because that's what I'm into. It doesn't matter if that's, if it's financial peace, if it's some game that I really like, some movie I really like or TV show, I am a recruiter. I am unashamed of being into this thing. Right. And so, when we are into something, it, it just comes out of us. It exudes from us. People can, I mean, you wear shirts about these things. You, you know, it's on your car, stickers on your car about these things. As Christians, that's how we should be. It's our natural state of being to be excited and passionate about things and want to bring other people along. But I think we've kind of, as a culture, turned it into the worldly things versus Christ. Do I live Christ across my chest, and people see it from walking down the street? I hope that by our lives, by our examples, that we're living Christ, and he is shown out like that lamp on a stand through us. And so living a life by example, you know, I was at a homeowners association meeting uh, a few weeks ago, and we are in the process of electing our board members and i'm going to tell you this is one of the most heated things i've seen in a long time like people are yelling at each other in a association meeting and i'm just going oh my goodness i'm trying to be the peacemaker i'm trying to you know it's okay just we need to remember to calm down arguing doesn't solve anything and this one lady looks at me and she goes what do you do I could have said, oh, you know, I work at a, I, I work at a church. I'm like the IT person there and blah, blah, blah. You know, just something. But you know, we're supposed to live unashamed for the gospel, right? And I'm just like, I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh my gosh, what church are you a pastor at? And uh, you know, it's not always that easy for someone to ask us what we do because how many of you are, there's only like eight pa- maybe pastors in this room. But you know, it does, we don't have to be a pastor to be able to be proud of being a Christian. If she was to say to you, what do you do, Randy? And he goes, oh, I'm a driver for uh, the special, you know, special ed department for the county office. He could use that and go, but, you know, I'm I'm a Christian and I believe that we should we should live by a good example. So I'm going to, you know, he could share the gospel. What, however that's going to work out, I don't know, that's kind of awkward to say, but... You can share the gospel. It doesn't matter what your job is. Yeah. We it doesn't matter what we do for a living because we are Christians in everything that we do. Amen. It's good. And so we can walk around showing this light and being an example. And I'm going to tell you that it's, it requires us to walk in boldness. In boldness. And I'm not talking about arrogance, there's a, di- a big difference between boldness and arrogance. Arrogance comes from that we are better. That we're better than somebody. And as we know, as Paul knows, that he is the least of sinners, that we are the greatest of sinners. And when you look at your life, you go, there's no way without Christ that this is me. Because I am a sinner. And so it's not walking in arrogance that we are better because we know that we're not. We're just walking in boldness because we know that they need it too. They need it too. It's not just for us. And not to be afraid. We are to not be afraid of sharing this good news because we're supposed to be bold and courageous in sharing this. And what's the worst that happens? If we die, we get to be with Christ. If we die, we get to be with Christ. We can walk in boldness and without fear because we know where we stand with the Almighty God. So... I like to say, you know, Steve goes, oh, so how does this apply? I say, so what? I like to say, so what? Let's bring it. (laughs) So what does this mean? So what are my next steps? So what am I going to do about this? Right? So what? When we truly have revelation of who Christ is and what he's done for us, there is no reason we should be ashamed of the gospel. Paul had the revelation from God through his changed life. And it's not just knowing that we can share the gospel, but it's knowing the gospel. Every day, knowing the gospel, Christ died for me so that I can live for him. Knowing the gospel and living unashamed of the gospel. And the, knowing that the gospel isn't just our per, for our personal benefit and our personal salvation, but knowing that the gospel is for everyone, and they just need to say yes. It's for that person in the grocery store that is yelling at their kids. You know, we might end up in that situation occasionally when you know, they're grabbing everything. It's for that person who cuts us off on the road. It's for that person, that neighbor who doesn't really like us. It's for everyone, not just the people we like, not just the people that are easy to get along with, but the gospel is for everyone. Christ died for all of us, and we want, them, we want to be able to be the ones to show them the gospel. And we need to realize that that's what he died for. It's not just for you and I, before everybody. And there might be some of you in this room who, like Kelly said, who you just don't, you might just not know this yet. You might not have a clear picture of our state of man and what God has done for us. And, and we need him. We need him desperately. And I'm going to pray at the end, but in Matthew 28:19 through 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and tell. And then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've commanded you, all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go and tell, then teach them to follow me. So as Christians, are we known more for who we are for or what we are against? Because if we're known for who we're for, then we can lead them into living a righteous life, right? Or are we known more for telling them that they're living in in the wrong? We need to be living and exuding and passionate and recruiting for Christ. Because we know how much he's done for us. Amen? He has done so much. So let me. I'm gonna uh, um, pray, and then I'll turn it over to Logan. But I want to pray for you. If you, if this is speaking to you, and you haven't made this decision to follow him yet, this gospel is for you. This good news is for you, and it's not because uh, of anything that you've done, but it's because Christ died for you to set you free. To set you free. It is for our benefit that we can live in eternal life. And so, if this is speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning. I'm going to ask you to be bold and just raise your hand. I want this thing. I want this salt. I want this light that you're talking about. And if that's you this morning, you can raise your hand, and we'll pray together. Amen. 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 The heavens are rejoicing when, when a sinner makes a dedication to Christ. It's a party in heaven, and thank you, God. And I'm just going to ask you to, to say this prayer with me. And you can just say it where you're sitting. You don't have to come up here or anything, but repeat after me. Lord, I want to give you my life. I know that I'm a sinner, and I need you. I know that you died on the cross for me. Lord, I want to live for you. Help me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me and guide me and help me to walk a life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Bible says, if we, if we truly mean that in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we are saved. So if you say that, if you meant that in your heart today, and you tell somebody, tell somebody, I accepted the Lord in my life today. And the Bible doesn't say it's going to be easy, but it's his yoke. And I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to be attached to anyone, just like an ox, if I'm going to be attached to someone, I want God to be the one dragging me alongside of him. <laughs> Amen. So that, Amen. that connection, you are now t- tied with the most powerful being in the universe. And he will help you along the way, but it will not be easy. And Satan wants to steal it from you. So I encourage you to look to him, read scripture, and pray earnestly for him. And, you know, as, as believers who are hearing this message, it's not for, the, for knowing the gospel for the first time. It's remembering the gospel every day, but it's also for being unashamed. There's things, there's mistakes that we've made. There's things that are holding us back from sharing the gospel and living a life for him. So I want to pray for all of us as believers to live unashamed of the gospel. If you would just close your eyes and, and, and just agree along, along with me, Lord, you are so good and mighty and powerful. And Lord, we just, we thank you for who you are but Lord, we, we've messed up along the way. We've been that bitter taste in people's mouths. And Lord, I want to live solely for you and your purpose in my life. It's, my life is yours and not you are mine. And Lord, I pray for all of us that you would help us, give us strength, give us boldness, help us to live without fear of what could happen, but help us to live in boldness for what your calling is, and that is to go and tell, so that lives are changed. And Lord, I, help, I pray that you would help us to get a clear picture of just how desperate the lost are for you. Show us by our changed lives. Lord, I pray that you would use us in mighty ways. In Jesus' name, amen.